0: I don't know about you but when i hear the term sales something makes my skin crawl i mean i like to shop i like to make the sale but when i hear the term sales or i have to be a saleswoman there's something about that that makes me feel all weird inside and i think a part of it is we get that way because we have to promote and sell ourselves as female entrepreneurs What is it about selling and promoting ourselves that gets us all... Well, Holly and I are going to talk about that in today's episode. She has been in business for more than 25 years and has mastered the art of sales by way of relationship. You do not want to miss it because today you're going to learn why sales is important and how you can leverage the relationships around you and with your clients to make the sale every single time. We're going to be talking about some real female business entrepreneur issues, why we don't value ourselves, why we don't charge what we're supposed to charge, and more. You don't want to miss it, girl. Get your Brittany N. Smith podcast notebook, and let's get into it. Hey, that's nice. Here we go. Hey, girl, you just tuned into the Britney Smith podcast. You're tuned in because either you're an entrepreneur, a mama, or both. And sometimes you just need a minute to, well, just be. And on this show, you'll get a lovely mixture of business and branding genius, faith and motivation. And if you're a mama, you understand conversations. Because let's be honest, we are fabulously multifaceted and amazing. So, Thanks for popping by. I'm really glad you're here. Girl, let's get into it here on the Britney Smith Podcast. Hey guys, it's me, Britney and Smith, and you are tuned into another great episode of the Britney Smith Podcast where we help female entrepreneurs get their whole business lives together. So whenever you come to this show, you're going to get either tips for your business or tips for your life, or you're going to get a combination of both because most of my um, guests are women in business. They wear many hats just like you do. And so you're going to be hearing um, hearing them talk from their experience. And I know that I know that I know that you are going to resonate, especially with today's episode where I have my new friend, Miss Holly Whaley of k and Coaching she is here to coach you to coach us in our lives and in our businesses she has over 25 plus years of global business experience and she's married right she's married yes, i am um, and so she she wears the hat she loves jesus she wears all the hats <laughs> that many of us wear um, and but she's a boss all in the midst of it and so I'm so glad to have you Holly thank you for joining me today Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. I'm excited. Awesome. 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 Um, So Holly, from your words, tell us what it is that you do and who you aim to help.
1: Sure. So I aim to help entrepreneurs that are just thinking about starting a business or maybe they've started a business to really begin to build and scale their businesses. And so that's really where I'm starting, and where I really like to work with um, the individuals. Most of the my clients are women. I think it's just um, you know I resonate obviously with the women, and they sure. see that they can do it too. So
0: awesome, yeah, awesome. So I'm I'm just gonna come out the gate here um, because in the business world, I feel like scale is a buzzword. Um, We use it. We throw it around. Scale. I want to scale my business. Scale, scale, scale. What can you explain to us? What does scale really mean? And why is it important for us?
1: Sure. So I think we talk a lot about scalability. And that means if you think about a scale, right, that you would weigh food on, let's talk about food. Let's not talk about our weight, right? (laughs) But (laughs) if you put a (laughs) scale... If you put a scale and you're adding food, right? And you want to get it to a certain number. So let's say you want three ounces of food and you put what you have on there. Now you want to add a little bit to scale it to three ounces. So I look at that like business. How do we build and grow our business? But you don't want to just grow your business and not be prepared for it. So if the scale only goes to three ounces and you're trying to add 10, you're going to break the scale, right? So businesses have to be scaled properly to ensure the growth is sustainable. And so I think that's where when we talk about scaling, it's about how do we grow it in different measures to make sure that we're not overwhelming ourselves and the overall foundation of the business.
0: Absolutely. So, so if I'm hearing you correctly, um, scale is not just about growth, but it's growth in a healthy way. Yes, absolutely. It, it put, to put it in, in very simple <laughs> Simple terminology. Um, It's to grow in a healthy way so that you don't kill yourself on the way up to your six figures or your seven figures or your eight figures. Um, And that's, that's extremely important. I feel like since we're women here, right? Scaling is also important in our lives. Yeah. You know, yeah. And the more we want to do, the more we want to add on, the more we want to, you know, maybe want to have more children. Or we want to start that business or we want to start that ministry or we want to get married, whatever it is we want to add to our lives. But sometimes we add things without creating space and capacity for those things. Yeah. So really. scaling. Yeah, yeah. So, so I just want to make that connection for some of those that might be listening. Um, some who are listening are heavy in the business world and they they've been doing the thing, but then some people are still kind of in that starting those early stages. Um, and so I wanted to kind of point that out for for us today. Uh, and so another thing, and I think I want to spend a, a little bit of time here. Um, you mentioned, well, you maybe you didn't mention, but I want to talk about sales um, sure. and relationship, the relationship, because I'm going to speak for myself, guys. Okay. When I hear the word sales, it's like, <laughs> oh, 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 God. Like, I have this whole this whole thing happens internally yeah. um, because I'm a designer. I'm a creator. I just want to create, okay? I don't have to deal with the sales part. I don't want to have to talk to people and tell them why they should <laughs> buy what I have. Like, I don't know. So, and I know I'm not the only person that that not you know, at all. has that reaction. <laughs> um, so, so, can you make sales nice for us. Like, can you demystify some
1: of the things that people think about sales? Sure. So um, I actually love the topic of sales. And um, I've always been told that I could, you know, sell paint to uh, somebody that doesn't own a house, right? I could just do that. But I've never seen myself as a salesperson. So for me, there was a big disconnect. So while people would say, oh, you can influence and you can sell things, to me, I was like, I don't want anything to do with sales, right? I I deal with salespeople and I, I just don't want any of that. And so I think there's a lot of limited beliefs behind sales. And I think if we really, truly acknowledge and look at ourselves, we will go back to a time when somebody spoke about sales in a negative way, or we had a negative experience. Mm -hmm. And so in sales, we have to remember everything is not just a transaction. It's a relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of sales, I think of relationships. So how do I build relationships that will then encourage people to understand the benefits of what I provide, right? So as you're providing, as you are building relationships, you're able to show the things that you do that people can then say, oh, I really love that, or I love that style, or how can I do that? And then you can sell whatever you're either creating or the services you provide. Right. And so I did an entire blog talking about sales as a relationship versus a transaction. And I think we get caught up on it's a transaction. But if you think about the positive experiences you've had when purchasing something, then you will know you always go back to that same place to purchase. Right. And so I don't want it to be just a transaction where it's a one-time thing. I want people to keep coming back and I want them to understand the value because once they understand the value, which also comes from relationship, right, right, Right. then they're willing to pay. They see the value of that. And so that's the big thing.
0: I I just, Cause I have like things popping off my head. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So the first thing is, um, you know, when you talk about thinking about our own experiences, um, the things for me personally that make a sales experience good is one that the problem that I have is clearly going to be solved. Like, I don't have to worry about, okay, well, can you really help me? You know, like I am I am assured by the salesperson, by the setup of the store, by the atmosphere, by the price. I'm assured by all these factors that my problem is going to be solved. So I'm already at ease because I already know you have what I need. The second thing in that sales experience that makes me feel good as a customer is the person who's serving me is knowledgeable, not just about the product, but about my needs and about my problem, right? So if I go into, you know, um, a, a car place And I have, I have money, I need a vehicle. Okay. Right. You're looking at me. I got 29 kids, you know, and you need to be able to assess, okay, what's gonna be the best vehicle for this person? And then you need to be nice to me through the process (laughs) because, you know, I'm stressed out about the car payment. You know, I'm stressed out because all these kids are are doing what they do. You know, I'm concerned about gas mileage, you know. So you as the salesperson, you make that that experience more comfortable for me. And you're absolutely right in that it's about relationship. You know, the person is not just like, oh, what kind of car do you want? It's like, oh, look at all your kids. What are their names? Like we're right. not even talking about right. the product yet. You're getting to know me and getting to get a sense of where I am and then speaking to me in that place. Yeah. That's yeah. so powerful. Um, it's so powerful. And I forgot the other question that I had because you were talking really good, I'm but sorry. I know it's going to come back to me. I think, um, I think it was really relating to um, how to facilitate that good customer sales experience. You know, like even if it's just I know because you can you can I'm sure do a whole workshop just on that. Um, But even if it's just some quick little like tips or things um, that we can do to facilitate that, especially for those of us who are service based um, businesses.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important. And I think one of the things that we certainly have to do is we have to um, for every person, it's different. And so, even though the product or service may be the same, the experience needs to be tailored towards the individual, right? So, while I do a lot of business coaching and I also do life coaching, um, if I have five business clients come to me, their needs are completely different. Maybe their businesses are different. They're in different phases of their business. And so, it's really understanding and acknowledging that each customer, although the transaction may be the same, the experience needs to be different. And a lot of times we don't want to take time to do that. Mm. And so that's where we have to take a step back and do the simple little things, just like you talked about, right? Acknowledge who they are, there are people that I will continue to contact long after I've coached them because I don't know who they're talking to. And I don't know what needs may come up in their life later. Right. right. So maybe we've established their business and that was what they wanted from our initial experience. And I may not hear from them or coach them until five years down the road. But I want them to know that that relationship is still there. And so I think the first thing is to understand and acknowledge that every transaction, while it may be the same, the experience needs to be different. Mm -hmm. And then I think we also have to treat the individual as an individual and be more focused on building the relationship than getting the sale. My, because my, my. <laughs> you said there's so something, many people, right? There. Yeah, right? Yeah. So many people that may never buy a product from me if I'm selling a product, but they may be the greatest mouthpiece I have. Right. Absolutely. So build the relationships. Absolutely. Right. And that's, and know the people.
0: That's so powerful. Um. And I think, um. And and you can speak to this more than I could. That the landscape of business has changed tremendously over, I would even say like the last five years, you know, but even more so through the pandemic, like you can tweet Coca-Cola and and Coca, the Coca-Cola company will tweet you back, Yeah, (laughs) you know, so when you talk about this relational marketing, this relational sales process, it's more important now than ever because people are looking for that. Connection. They're looking mm-hmm. for that relationship. They're looking for that level of access. They're looking for that level of vulnerability or not vulnerability, but transparency. Um, yeah. you know, as they're dealing with different vendors and different businesses and stuff like that. Like there's there's almost a, a level now, I feel like, fr- from the consumer standpoint, a level of um entitlement. You know, like you ought to respond to me and my my yeah. needs as an individual. I don't care that you're a corporation with millions of employees i don't care right. talk to me you know i want to get a representative on the phone every time you know right. i want right. you to email me with my first name in the email you know like people want that personalized um sales experience um right. and so i want to kind of uh throw a little i think i feel like this is a juicy question um as women, cause you have, you're a life coach as well. Yes. So it's kind of like, you have like half-life and half business <laughs> on Like just put both right. hats on real quick. Um, why as women specifically, is it hard for us to facilitate the sales process from like, from like an internal standpoint? Cause I feel like, and I'll speak for myself again, I'll put myself on blast for me. Um, whenever I have to go into a sales situation, I'm good with the relationship part. Like I love people. I will talk to you until I'm blue in the face. And we don't even talk about websites or graphics or whatever. It, it's when it gets to the, I can help you. Here's my product. Here's the cost part. That is like, <laughs> I got <laughs> like, you know, like, something right. happens and we just kind of like, we shy away from closing the sale. Or closing, right. you know, closing the conversation. So why as women? I feel like that's an issue for us. Why do we do that?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think the reason we do that is I think there's several different reasons. Yes, but the biggest don't... reason, the biggest reason we do that is because we've been told growing up that we're women and we're not as valuable as Ooh, men. My God. Mm. So if we really begin to deal with where does our value and worth come from, why do women work harder? Wow. And and I'm not saying that to discredit. I mean, my husband helps me a lot, right? I mean, he does housework and we really share a lot of things, right? I mean, he really helps me a lot, but that's not always the case. I didn't grow up in a house where I saw that modeled. Right. Right. My father was very much the one out in the workforce working and what he did by standards of, you know, society was more important than what my mother did although my mother stayed for a period of time. She stayed home and raised me. And that was not easy. Right. But she, she raised her children. She maintained her home. She took care of all the finances. And then she went into the workforce and did all of that. Plus was working. Can you say that the plus
0: she did the plus.
1: Right. And then plus she was involved in school with Mm me. Right. Like, PTAs and all of that, trying to do all of that. And yet she never was seen as valuable in what she did as what my father did. And when I take a step back and I really look at that, I think that's why we struggle so much in saying, this is what I'm worth because society has not said that. And so I think that as women, that's why women are paid less in the workplace than men. That's why women are um, not in a lot of the positions. I mean, we're starting to see more women in these large CEO roles, right, with large corporations. For the first time ever, we have a woman vice president in the White House. Like, I mean, those are the glass ceilings that are breaking, but guaranteed. What her counterpart made versus what she makes is distinctly different and we can't ignore that. And then to add on top of that, when you start looking at some of the racial issues that we have in this country, then we begin to see the decline in that way as well. And so I think there is a uh, there is a push that as women, we need to stand up and say, I'm just as valuable as my male counterpart. I can make what they make and, and they're not afraid to ask for it. And by the way, they're asking for double or triple what we are. Come
0: on, come on. And they're not afraid.
1: Right. 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 So we have to push through the fear. And what I like to say is do it afraid. Yes. And stand confident because what we have to understand is that no man in society can dictate our value. That's right. Our worth comes from God. Absolutely. And if he said I'm valuable, then I can own that and I can walk in that. And as long as I'm providing value to my clients, I can ask for it. Right. And I think that's, and that's a part of scalability as well, is knowing when to say, okay, I'm not, this isn't new to me anymore. Right. I now can ask. Right. Because we always start at the low end.
0: Ooh, if I if I would, if I were to tell you about my uh, pricing journey, <laughs> you'd be like, you charge what <laughs> you charge? You really, really, you charge that. And even now, like I remember um, having a conversation with a, a, a lady named Lena Mendoza. And when I told her what my prices were. She's like, are you serious right now? Like she, she rebuked me. Like she rebuked, scolded, punched in the face, however you want to say it. She like beat me down because she Mm. was like, just, you know, for those of you listening that don't know, a part of what I do is graphic design. Like that's part of, you know, branding and stuff like that. And she was like, so you're going to charge this conference $75 for a flyer when they're going to make thousands upon thousands of dollars from your design. Like it's your design that's going to get the people to the conference and they're going to make thousands of dollars and you're charging them $75. I was like, Oh, I never thought of that before. (laughs) Like (laughs) it was just like a, like a doink, you know what I'm saying? So you're absolutely right. And I like literally have chills because I know that everybody listening right now probably could stand to raise their prices, not just because of the dollar, but because of the value that you see in yourself. Yeah. You know, I had a, a call with a, a guy. He's probably going to call me again tomorrow because, you know, people with these sales calls, they just like, mm-hmm. you not stop, you know. And, and he was like, I don't know why women entrepreneurs or female entrepreneurs do this. You add tremendous value and you charge so little. I was like, well, Christian, you ain't had to say it like that, you know, like <laughs> it would, but it was like in my face, like yes. you yeah. don't charge enough, but yet you add tremendous value. Something's off. And then you're complaining about why your business is not doing well or why you can't do the things you desire to do in your life. He's given us, God has given us the power to create wealth. Yeah. To create it. You know, like we can can create it. And we create it by first seeing the value in ourselves and then offering it to the world for that value, for the right value. Um, so you're
1: you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I think I think we really struggle as women entrepreneurs in that space and I believe that's why sales is so difficult for us. Because it's hard to say trust me, I know what I'm doing, right? I'm valuable. And and there's so much to be said about that and understanding that and so many people feel disqualified because we've been told because we did things in our past or we are not as we don't think we're as smart as somebody else or I don't have the education. And, and I'll just be completely honest. Right. I started a program. It's called Business Essentials. And um, it wasn't until I started creating the workbook that I realized I was doing what I call the coach's corner, right? Where I just kind of do a bio. And um, I started looking at this bio and I thought, wait a minute, I am qualified. I'm the bomb.com. Wait a minute. I can do this, right? Because we take on that imposter syndrome. Absolutely. that, That we're not like, oh, we don't know what we're talking about. But if you really sit and look at what, you have gained through life, what you've gained through education, all of that is you and that's your business and that adds value. And so I think that we don't take a step back enough to do that. And I think it's because of society and what we have been told about women in society, but that has to shift and change.
0: Yes, 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 yes. And so my question, my follow up question for that then would be, what have you done personally to combat that, that this uh, thing that I don't know if you guys, you guys can't see me if you're listening, but the thing that happens, <laughs> like the thing that we just described, what have you done personally that has worked for you in combating that?
1: Sure. So you can't really see the top of my board behind me, but on the top of my board is an affirmation. And I leave it up there and I remind myself every day that I'm valuable and that, you know, I can do this, that I know what I'm talking about. Right. And so many people think, oh, well, you're a coach. You don't do that. No, I have to coach myself sometimes. Right. I have to (laughs) remind myself that I too can do this. And one thing that I know, I'm really good at is building relationships. Awesome. And so I I take that into how can I build these relationships and then bring in the cell, right? Because for me, it is uncomfortable to say, hey, you need I, I'm not one to be in the you know DMs and I'm not one to do all the email marketing that I should, but I need to be able to build those relationships to then say, Hey, this is really what you need. Right. I'm not Mm -hmm. just trying to sell you a product or a service. Like I can Mm -hmm. really help you here. Right. Absolutely. And and, and stop giving it away for free. I
0: I still struggle in the back. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And yes, it's a struggle. you, You feel like you need to validate what you're doing, right? And so it's like, oh, I'll do this for this little this little nominal fee in hopes that you'll come back and pay the real price later. Like, no, no. no. First of all, first of all, operating that way attracts a certain kind of client yeah. because they're going to tell their friends, oh yeah, she did it for five dollars. Go to her, right? And they're going to send all the five dollar people to you, and you're just right. going to be broke, busted, and disgusted and worn out at home. When there are people at the top, there are premium clients that need what you have. Yeah. At the level that you're at. There one one of the things that frustrates me is people who and this is this is no shade to anyone. But there there are levels in your yeah. industry, right? There yeah. are levels to what you're doing. So there are people that are just starting out. Mm-hmm. There are people who aren't as effective as you are. There are people who aren't as trained as you are, they don't have the experience that you are. And the thing that irks my soul is when those people are out there getting the premium clients, yeah. serving them at a mediocre level, but getting the premium paycheck. Yes. Meanwhile, we're over here like, well, you can take this flyer for $25, please, please take my flyer. (laughs) You know, and it's like, what? So you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, We have to stop giving it away for free. We have to do it afraid and charge what we're worth. I'm challenging everyone listening right now. You need to change your prices, raise your prices now, raise them now. Um, And and so with that, Holly, before we, uh, before we close out, with people in in thinking about raising their prices, Um, how would you suggest we go about doing that? Should we just, you know, all right, Monday, the new prices are in effect. Do we need to let our people know? Like, Are there things that we should consider strategy-wise as we're increasing our prices? Yeah,
1: I definitely think there um, needs to be a strategy around pricing, period, right? Right, I think a lot of it, a lot of times we don't do the back end work. So therefore, when we set a price, we don't even know why we set that price, right? So I'll ask my clients, like, why is that your price point? And if they can't give me the reason why, then we just scrap it and we start over, right? So I always look at it at what is my, because I'm in a service industry, right? Mm-hmm. What is my time worth? what is my knowledge? How much knowledge am I bringing to the table? What are other people like see what other people are doing, and then build out how you're going to get there. So I know for a fact, right, that there is, um, there are some coaches, business coaches, doing what I do, don't have the experience that I have their experience is a little different right I'm not discrediting them because they do have experience it's just different than mine that will take clients at $30,000 a client a year and I'm like okay how do I get there Right. Right. But I can't go with new entrepreneurs that are just starting a business and say, I'm charging you thirty thousand dollars a year. Now, maybe I could because there are some people that may be willing to pay that. But there's also a factor for me that it's more than just the sell. Sure. And that's me, right? Mm-hmm. It's about that relational piece. So how do I go from there to the 30,000? What I provide, is it worth that? Absolutely. But how do I begin to build that out? And so I think you build your strategy around where you want to be and where you want to go and look at your target markets. And then as these new entrepreneurs start building their businesses and can afford that, then that's the price point for next steps, right? So I think you have to really understand your client base, understand who you've been working with. If you have, you know, a handful of customers, you could say, look, I'm going to be increasing my pricing. The pricing is going to be this you know, this is what you've been getting. In addition, you may get this if you want to do that. Or you, you know, but you say to any new clients, this is it, this is where we're starting, right? And I always think it's important that you look at doing it within a sales cycle. So everybody's sales cycle is different. Everybody's books are different when they start their books. I look at things in January, right? I like to stay on a calendar year. So in January, and I've been saying this, this is kind of where I've taken my pricing because there's so many people that need this right now during COVID. So I have COVID pricing and I've said, I I believe you need this. And so I'm going to make it affordable because so many people had lost their jobs and different things like that. We're going to make it affordable but come January, prices are changing. And so lock it in now or in January, it'll be an increase because now we're coming out of the pandemic. Right. Things are changing. Right. Thank so, you. yes, exactly. So you can do things like that. Right. To change those price points. And I, I think it's always um, if you have products, you need to understand what are the dynamics that's changing it. So my husband and I, uh, about a year or so ago, we had somebody come out, they priced putting a fence up, it was going to cost us like, I don't know, $5,000, something like that, right? And we didn't do it at the time. So in the middle of COVID, we decide, let's put a fence up, and now it's 10000 Well, why did it increase so much? Because of supply and demand. They can't get things here. So Mm -hmm. there are times that you need to adjust your pricing to actually, so you can make money. Because if they continue to do things at the price point before, they wouldn't be able to meet the demands of their clientele and actually get things here, right? So. We have to take all of those things into consideration when we start looking at our pricing. But absolutely, I mean, I know people that make candles. Some make $10 candles and some make $40 candles, right? The $40 candles, they have to look different. They have to be different. They have to be packaged different. But would I be willing to pay $40? Absolutely, if I like it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right? It's a What I hear you saying then is one, um, you guys don't go out there and raise your prices all willy nilly. Like, oh, well, I'm gonna charge a thousand dollars for this t-shirt. No, that's that's not what we're (laughs) that's not what we're saying. (laughs) Right. Uh, What we're saying is that, like, well, like, like Holly just said, that you need to have a strategy. You need to have a plan. You need to know your numbers and know why those are your numbers. Um, The second thing that I hear her saying, and I totally agree with, is as you are raising your prices, making sure that you're adding value that is worthy of those prices. Again, don't just go out there and say, well, I'm going to charge this because I want to charge this. And you don't have a website and you don't have nice packaging and you're going to get your labels made at I don't know, dollar general, like you need to make sure that what you're providing, because to me, if I'm praying a paying, praying, I'm always praying. If I'm paying a premium price, I want a premium experience. I expect certain things after a certain price point. I expect that if I'm paying you this many hundred dollars for a phone call that I'm walking away with practical things that are going to make me make my money back right away. You know, yes. like those are the expectations. And so um, you want to be sure that, yes, you're valuable as a person, but your, your services and your products have to be worth that cost as well. Yes. Um, it's one thing to be confident, but it's another thing to be jipping people, <laughs> having them right. pay all this money and they're not getting results. You right. want to make sure that you're, you're selling them a result. Um, so, so this, this is, this is awesome. Um, so Holly, tell us how we can get in touch with you. Tell us about this workbook. I keep hearing about this
1: workbook. You know, what
0: can, what resources do you have for us that we can take advantage of?
1: Sure. So I have a program called Business Essentials. It's for aspiring entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that are just starting their business. And what we do is we go through right now, I'm getting ready to launch a boot camp in October. It'll be 15 hours of training on how to start your business. Right. We talk about mindset reset. We talk a lot about um, the discovery piece your vision, your mission, understanding all of those components, really looking at building your business because the foundation is the biggest piece of your business, right? We have to have a strong foundation. And so we talk about pricing. We talk about finances a lot. Um, the things that we normally don't want to talk about, we just want to create And do the fun things, right? How do we start and get through that? And then, really, how do you launch successfully? So, marketing strategies, we look at understanding your niche. Who are you really reaching out to? So, those are the types of things that we'll be discussing. You do get a workbook, you do get group coaching sessions. Um, and you can find out more information on my website at khlifecoaching.com. And um, I also have individual business and life coaching available. So, um, and my husband and I do couples coaching as well. All right, all right,
0: couples. Yes. Awesome. 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 This has been awesome. This has been phenomenal ladies, Holly knows what she's talking about. Okay. (laughs) And, um, I want to thank you so much for sharing with us today, the nuggets that were dropped. I'm encouraged. I'm about to go recalculate my pricing, you know, I mean, I was already (laughs) getting ready to do that, but this serves as confirmation for me, um, that it is time to shift. I know I'm a multiple six figure, seven figure business, but I'm not going to get there on $75 flyers. Okay. No, you're
1: not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. Ladies, make sure you go and check out her website, khlifecoaching.com. Take advantage of this program, especially if you're starting your business. To me, it sounds like a one-stop shop um, that will kind of cover all of the bases, like she said, to build that foundation. And what you don't want to do is rush out there into the marketplace, all, you know, half-baked. And then you're wasting time, wasting money, wasting resources and creating a poor reputation for yourself just to come back around and say, Holly, can you help me clean up this mess? Like we don't want, we don't want Holly on cleanup duty. We want her on build up duty. Okay. So, um, so thank you guys for listening. You are going to be, um, you're going to be blessed by next week's episode. So do not miss it. Every Tuesday, we're here on the Britney Smith podcast. I will see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to leave a comment and then share this episode with another amazing lady who needs to hear today's show. Yes, girl. I'm serious. Just send her the link and say, girl, listen to this. Want to hang out with me every day? Head over to Facebook and join the Female Coaches, Consultants, and Content Creators group on Facebook. Or you can join my mailing list in the links below this episode. Girl, I enjoyed our conversation. Stay amazing and remember, you are loved, you are needed, and nobody, I repeat, nobody can do what you do the way you do it. See you next time on the Brittany Smith Podcast.